In 2018, the Wealth Standard Podcast broke down the year into three seasons, each focusing on a principle from the inspired works of philosopher John Locke, specifically his philosophy on life, liberty, and property. In 2019, we progressed from principle to the ideal environment for building wealth and achieving prosperity. The theme was laissez-faire capitalism. For season two, it continues. The theme is entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship and how you apply the principles and environment to the individual. The guests ranging from economists to entrepreneurs to political influencers, authors, and more will teach you how to take your life to the next level. Now, on to the next episode. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Patrick. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Hey, it's going to be an awesome one because I just got back from an incredible conference and I actually didn't come home. I went to another conference. So I was in Los Angeles and Pasadena the last couple of days. Now I'm in Sun Valley, Idaho. I'm currently just waiting for the kickoff conference presentation for the finance event put on by Tony Robbins every single year. Last year was in Whistler, which is an amazing time. If you guys didn't check out the YouTube series I did that kind of highlighted what I took away every single day of that event, then go check that out on YouTube. I'm going to do something similar this year. And I'm also going to have some special guests in the room doing some interviews on various different investments and things that they specialize in. I'm not here to talk about that right now. I'm going to talk about the Pasadena and Los Angeles conference that I went to, and it was part of an investment that I made late part of last year. And a lot of the reason behind why I did it was simply the network, the people that were involved with it, and also the summit that I just went to and how I was able to learn about the specific companies that were in this fund, as well as experience some things that I wasn't anticipating, uh, but I knew that there was going to be something there. So I'm going to talk specifically uh, specifically about that. But it was at the Idea Lab headquarters, which is in Pasadena. Idea Lab is a incubator. An incubator is a company that takes early stage ideas and creates some investment in those ideas and also helps to grow it into a, a full-fledged business. It is started by Bill Gross. Bill Gross, uh, not necessarily the PIMCO guy, but Bill Gross, the inventor and the technologist. He is, has done multi-billion dollar uh, exits with uh, various companies over the years. He has a tremendous reputation and a tremendous spirit about him as far as helping to solve a lot of the world's problems. I'm not going to talk specifically about the investments that are within this fund or what he's up to. You guys can go check out idealab.com and, and see those. And there are links to the specific companies in there. And a lot of it is inventions around renewable energy and energy storage that are revolutionary. It's going to be, it's going to be incredible to see how those uh, come to fruition. What I wanted to do is essentially take what I learned at these, these few days and apply it to something that would be valuable to you and specifically to the theme of this season, which is investment and making successful investments. And so I came up with, uh, with, five, uh, with five things. So I think the first one is really interesting. I'm, I'm, it's kind of hard to explain, but I'm going to do, uh, do my best. It's that successful business ventures, successful people, successful in investment is the result of a quality question. 
and subsequently the results of that question, which would be the value proposition of the, the underlying business or, or investment. And it's really asking those insightful, meaningful questions to ourselves or in general before starting to limit how we actually accomplish. I think that's where everyone gets stuck. So I'm going to give you some examples. So a question I came up with, and I think it needs to be simpler than this, but I just did as an example, which is how can you store and distribute renewable energy that didn't hurt the environment and was less expensive than what it currently costs? Second one would be, what if there was a way to get good food faster and cheaper? Another one could be, how could I have real-time information that my aging mother is safe? That was one of Bill's questions with some of the ideas he's thinking about. And then uh, another one you know, specific to you and your situation is, how can I make more money with my investments and have more control and less risk? Another one could be, how can I make more money in a profession I love and work less so that I can ha- do the things I love with the people I love? These are those quality questions, and it's focusing on, on clarity around those questions before you get into how to actually solve it. And I'm going to give you an example based on one of the exercises we did. So the last day of this investment summit was that we all came up with an idea and everyone voted on the ideas. And then we got into nine separate groups and actually took 15 minutes to come up with a three-minute pitch of that idea. So I went to the group that the idea was essentially a monitor for children so that if they were in a public place and were lost or heaven forbid kidnapped, there would be a notification to the parents. And the quality question that we came up with, let me put it, let's see here. What if you never had to worry about the safety of your child in a public place? That was our quality question. But here's what was amazing is when we got into these groups, we only had 15 minutes to come up with the pitch. Almost everyone went to, how do you do it? And it was, well, you do it this way. No, you can't do it this way because of that. And then it was, okay, well, we'll do it this way. No, you can't do it this way because of that. I think we as human beings naturally like rush to why it's not possible instead of gaining just crystal clarity around the actual underlying question as well as the results that we want. And I know this sounds just so simple and it may seem irrelevant or insignificant, but it's going to lead to my second point, which is the whole idea of proximity is power. It's not how or what it's This is what's important. So, for those of you who haven't seen the Bill Gates documentary series on Netflix called Inside Bill's Brain, watch it. It's fascinating and it proves this point. But also, like Bill Gates and Bill Gross are part of a few ventures. Bill Gates is actually part of one of the companies that is inside of Idea Lab called Heliogen. But these guys understand it. Okay. They understand the nature of a network and the nature of knowing people in all sorts of specialties and areas. And so I'll give you an example. So in this docuseries by Bill Gates, it's fascinating. He presents these quality questions. And one of the questions you know, revolves around energy, right? How can we have abundant energy for the world? And they came up with this strategy. I'm not going to get into all the details. You guys can watch the documentary series. But they get to this idea of how to turn nuclear waste. So the waste that came from nuclear facilities in the past, 
how could you turn that into safe, clean nuclear energy that does not have any probability of a meltdown and is clean? And he went out and he networked with those that had expertise and specialty in this area, not one person or two person, but multiple people. He brought them together and that's how they came up with ultimately the solution. If he went to one, probably not going to do it. Went to two, probably not going to do it. But he brought a team together to figure out that solution. And this is why I think it is important when it comes to investments, right? Number one, it's making, creating a quality question around what you want, what the results are that you're after. What if I could do this? What if I could do that? What if my life looked like this? Then you start to look for those inside of your network that could help facilitate this as opposed to you figuring it out. Because if you knew how to do it, you would already be doing it. And that's where it's, I think people get stuck because they feel that they have to do everything in a single dimension. Whereas the idea of creating brain power comes from multiple people in their area of expertise in order for you to figure out how to do it. And it's not you figuring it out, but it's the team environment, the network that's enabling you to do that. So hopefully, hopefully that makes sense. And then the, I'll give another example. So I was talking to an individual that was part of this group and is actually really, really successful. He's done nine-figure venture capital funds doing some incredible things. I won't get into it because I don't have his, his permission to talk about it. But he said the exact same thing. He was able to make so many different connections with his network in Northern California and was able to exit a few businesses of his own and then started to put together deals doing some incredible things. But it's him being able to have these relationships in various areas and bringing those relationships together and solving these incredible problems. And so he alluded to the same thing. So it wasn't just the Bill Gates docu-series. It wasn't just what Bill Gross did, bringing amazing people together because all the teams that were associated with the Idea Lab companies and ventures were these professional teams that he had pre-existing relationships with. And this brings me to my third point. We discussed this in a, a previous episode this season, which is the difference between leverage and delegation. I believe that the easy thing to do is to delegate. It's to put the responsibility for everything on the shoulders of somebody else. What leverage is, I think leverage is within our control, being able to be crystal clear about any outcome, an investment outcome, the results of an investment, as well as understanding the expectations that you have. And again, the clarity, the clarity around those results, what you are expecting, as well as the accountability structure that exists, knowing how to along the way with certain milestones that things are being, that things are successful, that we hit this, we hit this, we hit this, noticing signs that things are not going well. So there may seem to be these subtle differences between leverage and delegation, but leverage is what I explained before. It's Bill Gates and his knowledge to a certain point, his knowledge of what the outcome is, his knowledge of what the problem is, and having enough information about how things work to be able to bring a team together and be clear about the mutual expectations. Okay, so that's the third, leverage versus delegation. The fourth one is also interesting. It kind of, it does relate to what I've been, been talking about, which is the criteria for a winning company uh, slash investment. As I said before, quality of the underlying business structure is typically the quality of the investment. 
And so one of the things they went through is how they go about identifying an idea and the success of an idea. The first thing they look for is an experienced leader, uh, the experienced CEO, not one that you know is appointed or just because of, of tenure gets that role or at the founder, it's an experienced executive, someone that's been there and done that. Also, it's an experienced professional investment team. This isn't their first rodeo. They've been through multiple different you know, ventures and companies before. And even though they may not have expertise in the specific field, they can orchestrate the business fundamentals, the investment fundamentals. And then it's identifying the market that exists where whatever the underlying business or investment is, has value. It solves a big problem. The potential audience is identified. If it's a small audience, may not be worthwhile. If it's a massive audience, if this business or investment will actually make a difference with lots of people's lives, then that's something to take into consideration. The timing is also important. And these days, especially as things are going so quickly, knowing whether the market is right for the specific idea. The next is that there's opportunities to iterate. Iterate meaning you have a product or a service or an investment that comes to the market, but then there's constant improvement, constant iteration, being able to improve this, improve that, make it even more valuable. And then the next one is Moore's Law, which I found is interesting, that the underlying business and investment is able to be grown or scaled based on computing power, leveraging technology. The next is persistence and persistence ultimately coming from the team itself, the founder, the the question that they have, the quality question, the mission that they're on, the results that they're after, which is doing something great. The persistence really comes from that. Going the extra mile comes from knowing that they're doing something amazing and great. And then finally, there's a differentiating factor. There's something different. It's not just the next Starbucks. It's not the next Pizza Hut or Papa John's, right? It's there's a differentiating factor that provides, you know, that marginal difference to make it great versus just average or normal. Okay. That's number four is the, the quality of the, you know, the company and investment and the team and identifying kind of where it fits. And then the final is the, uh, know the needs of the team, uh, specifically the executives, the founders, and knowing what they are driven by. Now, with Tony Robbins, he talks about needs-based psychology, which is the six human needs, which is certainty, uncertainty, significance, love and connection, and then growth and contribution. Now, we all have these needs. And what those needs are is we do things in life, okay? We act a certain way in order to meet these specific needs. I'm not going to go into all those details, but we all would assume to know a person that is driven by significance, how they're going to make decisions, show up, behave. It's all about them because you have some driving needs that dictate a person's behavior, the decisions that they make. If significance is at the top, that's one of those underlying needs that may destroy an investment. It may not, it may not enable the successful teamwork that is necessary for an investment or an idea a company to be successful. And so it's understanding those needs. If those needs are based around contribution, making a difference, that's something really to, to identify because that could lead to that persistence, the necessity of iterating, trial and error, failure, trying again, failure, trying again. 
So again, the, all of these, you know, five points, that was point five, is to allow more information so that you, when you are making a decision about a business, about an investment, that you ask different questions, you analyze different things, you look for different things that could either make you more excited or things to do some more due diligence on to formulate better questions to ask or ultimately to determine whether it's not, a, whether it is a fit or not a fit because it could be really exciting on the surface, right? Nobody comes to an investor and talks about all the different things that could go wrong. They're always talking about what could go right. It really becomes your stewardship to ask better questions, to determine what is right, to determine what is the truth. There's always going to be downsides, but rarely they're talked about. I think it's a good sign when you do have someone that is pitching an investment that talks about the downsides, what could go wrong. And ultimately it comes to it's not about no cons, no downsides. It's about the pros. The upsides are worth whatever those downsides are. They're greater than what those downsides are. Okay, hopefully this is, has helped, guys. Again, this is a great experience for me. I'm trying to figure out how to, uh, to best translate my experience into something that would be valuable to you guys. But looking at this season, you know, the importance of due diligence, the importance of asking good questions is vital. And I think looking at those. I mean, this team has been around for a long time. You can go look at Bill uh, Bill Gross's history. He's gone through so many different failures, so many different successes, and over and over and over again. And he's identified ways to be even more successful, and it comes from those lessons. And so leveraging his experience is what I did. And I put those points in five different categories. If you guys want to review those in written form, go ahead to the show notes, which is on the wealthstandard.com website. And make sure you subscribe as well. If you guys are a first time listener, thank you. I'm glad you are supporting us. Hopefully this has made a difference for you. For those of you who have been listening a long time, I'd love to hear your feedback. Go ahead and email me at hello at thewealthstandard.com. Okay, that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed this shorter episode. Have an amazing week and we'll be back with the next episode. It revolves around my experience here at the Tony Robbins finance event up in up here in Sun Valley, Idaho. Thanks again, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,